Welcome to Thought Cops, the only podcast where every week we police the mean streets of the internet because, hey, somebody's got to do it. And then we let you be the judge, the jury, and the executioner in the court of public opinion, coming to you live from Neo Chicago. I'm Officer Kevin. And I'm the Granch. <laughs> You're a loser. Mr. Granch, but you've nothing left to lose. You wear shorts outside in winter like you've got something to prove, Mr. Granch. Everyone knows calling yourself a gym cell is just a bad excuse. Just figured I'd bring that back for this uh, this little bit of a bonus episode. That's right, folks. Uh, you're hearing a bonus episode for free, so... Hey, happy Christmas slash Hanukkah slash holidays. Happy holidays, everybody. Yeah, we're recording this ahead of time. We're taking a rare bye week this week, and we're giving you a taste of our Patreon-exclusive series, Fire Bros., which we, uh, every month we do this for our $2 tier patrons, which you can go to patreon.com slash thoughtcops. And for just $2 a month, if you like this episode, consider donating. Uh, we do a review of four different pieces of media every month. Uh, this month we did... I'm pulling it up now. We did Joker, the Amazon TV series, The Boys, Nick Cave's new album, Ghost Teen... And El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie. Yes. So yeah, uh, we hope you guys enjoy this. It's a little bit of something different while we uh, take some time off for the week. We'll be back next time with our fantastic live episode. Actually, if you haven't bought tickets for that, we'll include a link in the description or you can follow us on social media at real thought cops if you aren't already yeah and we'll have uh, another we'll try and do another high quality uh video export for that too so you can watch it yeah. you know after the fact it might take a little while to uh to edit all that again but that'll be up you know the first week in january so. it'll be worth it it's yeah. gonna be a good time uh but yeah i hope you guys enjoy this a little something different uh, happy holidays, everybody. Happy holidays. Fuck Christmas. We're declaring a war on it. We're going to destroy Christmas. We're going to beat Santa to death with a uh, fucking giant candy cane. And then we're going to... Uh, oh, he'd love that. He'd get off on it. <laughs> oh, ho, 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 ho. Beat my ass with candy. <laughs> then we're going to turn uh, Rudolph into reindeer meat, uh, which I hear is actually uh, very nutritious. Low on, low on fat. Yeah, good stuff. I don't. I think venison is regular deer, not reindeer. Well, I don't know if I don't know uh, what you call reindeer. Ma- magic venison, right? Magic venison, magic glowing red venison. Happy holidays! And we're gonna piss and come on Frosty. Jesus! All right, guys, enjoy.
How you doing? Welcome to Fire Bros, the only podcast where every month we hose down the mean content of the <laughs> interwebs. Rebrand. Uh, because some, somebody's got to do it. If it's not us, who's it going to be? Not for human consumption? I don't think so. I don't fucking think so. Uh, I'm Firebro Grant. With me is Kevin. I'm Firebro Fire Kevin. The Firebro. <laughs> to be fair, uh, we don't get to practice this as much as, you know, the weekly show, so. Yeah, and I still don't memorize that one. I gotta read it off a script, because I'm dumb. It, you know, it, you, it, you, it's like the... The X that they put on a stage, the stage marker where you got to step onto it. And it's like, you know, you got to stand somewhere, but they still got to mark the place on the stage. Uh, anyway, thank you. for Moving uh, on. Thank you for subscribing to our uh, immaculate content. Let's get started. Let's just uh, let's talk about things. Let's immaculate not- content where we judge <laughs> other content for being bad or Hell good. Yeah. And then, you know, either uh, either burn it or add it to this library of regress. Because did you know, uh, did you ever think about how the opposite of progress isn't Congress? You know, and the opposite of Congress is not regress. I've never you- wasted my time <laughs> thinking about that. Speaking of wasting time, let's get let's get into it. Let's start with uh, movie number one, I guess, which uh, which is the Joker movie. Hey, da 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 Hey! I'm the Joker, baby! He certainly was. <laughs> so the Joker, this movie was, uh... Hey, you know what? Everybody's kind of aired their opinions about the Joker out there, but you know what? We haven't. And everybody's been waiting, and I say it's about time. Yeah, it, it didn't matter until we voiced our opinion on it. Yeah. So here it is, folks. Which we meant to do a while ago, but, you know... Fuck it. Busy traveling holidays, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I don't know. Excuses. Excuses. Full of them. Excuses. So what did you think about the Joker movie? <clears throat> what's, the, what's the grand opinion on the highest, gr- highest, the most profitable comic book movie ever devised that by is, man? That's crazy. I don't know. I have a hard time believing that's true, but... Well, they spent, like, no money on it. And yeah, then all the media hype just sort of, like, accelerated it to this... Uh, weird status yeah that's i mean that whole thing is just weird how so just the discussion around it the fact that it heightened yeah. it and i'm just like i'm sick of hearing about it except for when we talk about it of course yeah. i and do i do wonder if some of the controversy was because you look at some of the stakeholders and some of these companies that run you know uh, the the news media and then also have our shareholders in uh like universal pictures or whatever and it's like was that manufactured i still don't know uh, you know tinfoil hat and all right now but uh i, I don't know whatever Fuck anyway let, let's talk about like the movie itself because yes. uh, i feel like that's well i don't know if it's more interesting than the controversy around the movie but uh interesting nonetheless i had zero desire to see this movie i said that i, I thought cops yeah that being have you said, changed your opinion? Well, I mean, I've already seen it. How can I still have a desire to see it for Not the first that, time? Well, yeah. I just mean like, so so you saw the trailer. You're like, this is going to be bad. I didn't. I, I didn't even it. watch it. I just out of principle, I thought it was stupid. <laughs> out of principle, yeah. Where where do your principles fall in line? Too many of these fucking movies. I don't disagree. Another Joker. We just had one, and he sucked. Hey, we're all clowns. Yeah. Well. So so you didn't want to see it, but you. You came around to it because 
the our listeners and your friends and all of us forced you to watch it. Everybody who loves me and cares about me told me <laughs> I should see the movie without knowing anything about it. So I did. We saw it together. Mm-hmm. And guess what? What? I, I really liked it. Oh, it's good to hear. Yeah. I also liked it. I, I kind of had the feeling that I don't... It, it didn't feel like something to me that was going to be a joke. And it wasn't. Or it was. I don't. I don't know. Used to be a com or what? What it used to be a tragedy. Now it's a comedy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there's uh, a lot of corny ass lines in the movie. I I'll hope say that. that my you death know, death makes more sense than my life. Yeah, I mean, it's not a perfect movie. No, it wasn't perfect. The but more I, I think about good. the lines like that, I'm like, yeah, that was kind of dumb. Um, but that being said, I get it. I don't know. That being said, I still thought it was great. Uh, apparently, there. Rumor has that there's supposed to be sequels coming, which I'm like, oh, can't we just let one thing be its own thing for once? I don't know. If, if they come up with, like, an inventive angle for it, I don't mind because the movie itself was sort of its own thing. And if they go, hey, we're, we're going to make this sequel, but it's not going to be like other sequels, I don't... Whatever. Well, there's supposed to be a Batman reboot as well with yeah. Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne, which is completely disconnected from this. Yeah. So it's like there is going to be two simultaneous. It's not too different from how comics work. Yeah, but know? like that takes away from. How am I supposed to know what the canon is? Yeah, it's very important. <laughs> See, this is why I prefer manga, dude. In all honesty, I really do because you got the one. I think that there's definitely something to that where you can look at like a main storyline and just be like, okay, this is this is what happened, and maybe you get different interpretations, but this is what happened. There's just one interpretation. Know? Yeah, just it's like an auteur's medium. It's one yeah. guy's vision all the way through. Yeah. And speaking of auteurs, sometimes that can be bad, though. Sometimes things can sort of get off into the weeds, and then you know, like easy example to bring up is always Naruto. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, the guy was just way, way in over his head. Started off strong, got really, really bad. Guy, guy needed to take a couple months off, sort of work on his plot lines and shit. And speaking of guys who took their time off, this is from the director of the Hangover series. I guess he took some time off to write this movie. To write this movie, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, that's just called work. So yeah, Todd Phillips directed this movie. I again, that was another sighing where i was like i don't want to see this movie i I have no desire i think it paid off though because some of the scene like you know when when you make a movie like the hangover you know the obvious you know uh like this is where the joke goes this is where the joke goes and there were a lot of instances where so crazy the joker was either really funny on purpose or really funny on accident and that's the thing like the humor almost was it's kind of maybe sounds like a weird example, but it was almost Sopranos-esque in the sense that... And this is going to bother me. I, I got you this <laughs> mouse pad, and you're using the mouse pad for your drink and your phone, and yeah. then you're, you're dragging the mouse on the table. Yeah. Because the mouse makes less noise than if I do this. That's... Okay. Every time Zwick is like, hey, guys, uh, it's Zwick. Uh, could you stop uh, fucking throwing your cups at the table it's picking up on these springs here we're doing this yeah every time we do that and he's like hey guys it's like uh could you uh turn your fucking phone off you know could you stop (laughs) having your phone vibrate while you're recording the episode so Uh, so i have the phone on here so when i place it down listen okay you didn't hear anything right quiet as a church mouse what are we talking about joker joker i think joker yeah 
So <laughs> the, the comedy aspects were very strange. Yeah, no, I, I was kind of Sopranos esque, where it was like this played very straight, serious kind of yeah feature. But then you had the moments where he was in that children's hospital and the gun falls out. <laughs> I really liked how down to earth it was, and I liked how it was yeah. a slow burn. Yeah. Uh, more movies I've noticed lately are like this. I don't want to bring them up because it would be too distracting from an episode where I'm already quite distracted. Yeah. Uh, just kidding. I'm focused. I can do this for you guys. You give us money. I don't like how the gun on the table is pointed the wrong way. I think it should be more. Continue. Okay. Yeah, let's get everything on the table set. <laughs> Okay, let's hit record. <laughs> All right. Hey, guys, thanks for listening and giving us money. Anyway, uh, there's a lot of funny moments in the movie. Uh, the movie had a lot to say, which I didn't expect, especially from an angle that I didn't expect either. Said something along the lines of just the idea of social work and me- yeah. uh, mental health awareness was surprisingly progressive and cool that... It was like, yeah, the government doesn't care about you, and uh, this is what this is what will happen if people aren't taken care of properly. And it did it from this weird angle that was not. Um, it wasn't pandering or anything. It wasn't pandering, cool. and it wasn't preachy, and it wasn't. Uh, I, I watched someone's commentary on it, where they said something along the lines of like, in in a lot of different cases, the social worker, for instance, would be seen sort of as the bad guy. But even she was sort of wrapped up in, you know, when she said the line, like, they don't give a shit about people like you. They don't give a shit about people like me either. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this isn't just uh, an issue of, you know, this one guy who gets thrown out of society. He's he's like the uh, sort of the culmination of all of society's ills all at once, because you see that throughout the movie where there's all these different things that are happening and joker himself says he's not arthur fleck he doesn't play into any sort of ideology he doesn't have any political beliefs but he's born out of like this illness that society is sort of going through where everyone's just like not doing well you know yeah it's a a very of the times movie despite taking place in what appears to be the 70s or the 80s or the 90s yeah i know you said it was pretty anachronistic yeah which i can i like stuff like that me too and I, I kind of want to get into, I think, why I like stuff like... So, the one thing that keeps making me think about the movie in general is the fact that they set uh, Arthur Fleck up to be... Um, what, what do you call it? Like a uh, the unreliable narrator where it's like, okay, we know after, after a while he stops taking his medication, he, st- he starts having this breakdown and he starts sort of seeing things that, you know, he sort of wonders, uh, did that happen? Did that happen? And, mm-hmm. you know, I know I, we, we brought up after the movie, after we watched it, how there was that ham-fisted scene of, like, you know, the, the woman uh, who he was stalking and he, he breaks into her house, he's sitting on the couch, and she's like, who the fuck are you? Why are you here? And he's like, oh, none of these things happened, which was like, okay, we get it. We know that that's what was going to happen. You didn't have to show it. Yep. Every single instance yeah. of her disappearing from the scene. It's like, all right. Yeah. Uh, the thing that I wonder about, though, and I, I usually hate this, you know, I, I always call it the, uh, you know, the, the part of the Grinch where they zoom out and it's all on the snowflake. Yeah. Um, I- the part where it's like, oh, did the movie actually happen? You know, Mm -hmm. and I'm of the mindset that like the movie happened, especially if they're going to be doing sequels. It definitely happened. I think that maybe 
I'll, I'll let you continue your thought. But just from the point of view of like the, so the end of the movie, which was not a great ending. It could have ended a couple different places, but it ended in, with him in the psych ward. And he's laughing about this joke to this therapist that I guess he kills or something <laughs> Sounds like, like that. Sounds like some of these open mic comedians we know. <laughs> all of them. I did an open mic yesterday and everyone's like, so I skipped therapy to come here. It's like, yeah. all of you? <laughs> Do you all go to the same therapist? Maybe. Um, anyway, so... Uh, but there, there's that part where we know he's an unreliable narrator. He's... Throughout the movie, there's parts that sort of happen and then don't happen... And I, I just wonder with some of the anachronisms of, uh, like how, how time, like, you know, uh, the, 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 what you see with like what decade this is in and what like, actually what you happened what you get. what's, what's he building up to? Did all this stuff sort of happen? Sort of makes me wonder, it, did we watch what happened to the Joker or are, or are we watching him explain what he thinks happened to him? Because he's trying to give himself this backstory, you know? I like to believe that it really happened. I just said that, that I think that it happened, but I'm <laughs> saying to what extent did any of this happen? I don't have the answer for you. I didn't make I'm, the movie. I'm just saying that's just the interesting part to me. That's what I keep <laughs> thinking about is that final scene. And it's like, is he playing this up to be something that it's not? Or is he embellishing certain parts and stuff like that? No, he's not. Well, how do you... You just said you don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but it's definitely not that. I'm saying that as a sort of lukewarm, sort of conservative-esque approximation of what I think the overall tone was supposed to be, mm. as opposed to just straight origin story, you know? Which, in ways, it did kind of feel... Uh, that's kind of what I wanted to touch on as well. I almost wish that it wasn't a comic book movie. Yeah. It was good enough not to be one. I think that in some ways it did need to be one, and then in some ways it felt like they had to go over this like Wayne family stuff. Like yeah. it's like every time they mentioned the Wayne family or Gotham, mm -hmm. it kind of took me out of it because I was just enjoying this like, for lack of a better term, like sort of developmentally disabled man. <laughs> like not, not I was like, enjoying watching him flounder about. Yeah, it was hilarious. <laughs> No, I, I was enjoying watching him as this just generic store brand clown, basically. Yeah. And uh, just... I but didn't, the whole point is he sort of becomes something bigger. Right. And it's like, and, 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 and I get that. Yeah. And that that's where it kind of leans into... Yeah. It's like, yeah, he becomes the character, the Joker, who we all know. We yeah. all love this guy. Right? Well, the one guy in the theater that kept applauding at like the violent parts yes. sure loved him. Uh, that never, was obnoxious. Never seen so many people leave a movie theater faster than when those credits started rolling. <laughs> uh, mass pandemic. Um, but I thought it was. I thought it was. You know, I, I like I said, I get why. Also, because I think that if we didn't already have the, if society didn't already, oh, all right, guys, there I said it. Uh, if society didn't, this is what the people came here for. You got your fucking money's worth. If society didn't already have this established no notion that Joker equals bad, yeah, some of the message in the movie might, might have been kind of muddled. Where, yeah, I think that people might have taken it the wrong way. Where it's like there's, I mean, there is some stuff like there. What I love about this movie, you know, all that aside, I think that some of the f fan service was a little bit ham fisted, but necessary, I guess. I like. 
you know, I mentioned it being a slow burn. I like how, you know, you have action movies, for example, where there's guys are getting killed left and right, yeah. this and that. This movie, not many people got killed, but it was like every death was very important. I felt very like, ooh, like it yeah. felt like a fucking, like, I Real. love that aspect of yeah. the movie because I like, you know, I, I was talking to someone who was like, I don't want to see that movie because fucking it's, it sends the wrong message that, you know, if, if society rejects you, you're allowed to just go out and shoot a bunch of people. And he didn't go out and shoot a bunch of people. He shot five people. And the effect of it was like, yeah, you have a bunch of action movies. You just spray bullets into a crowd. You sort of don't feel anything. You kind of don't care with this. It's like, it was always personal. There was always some sort of stake in it. And every time he killed someone, it brought the story forward, you know? And then to the old notion people kept saying about this movie is they don't make movies like this anymore, which I kind of agree with. I mean, to use another TV example, for some reason, it reminded me of sort of like in Breaking Bad when characters would die. It was like, you know, you have TVs and movie shows, movies where TVs, TV shows and movies where people get, people get shot all the time and killed. And then you have a moment where Jesse is like, really has to figure out if he has to kill this guy, yeah. you know, shoot him, whatever. Yeah. That's kind of how this felt. Like where he's on the train, he shoots those Wall Street guys and yeah. it ends up being on the news and it ends up being this blown on a proportion thing. Yeah. And then, I mean, the whole movie really won me over with the third act with uh murray yeah i can't remember the, his full name but it's yeah murray, murray the, the murray show yeah uh, what it was like a, like a late night johnny carson kind of guy and just he was fantasizing about being on the show he'd been trying out stand-up comedy and he gets on the show and it was I mean, the, probably the most famous scene in the movie is yeah. the interview which was insanely tense yeah yeah, that was a that was an amazing scene. That whole even in the like, uh, well, like, I'm glossing over the fucking scene with the former clowns he worked with. Yeah, the the there, well, there's so much to I could unpack yeah, every single of, scene. Like yeah, him on the train. It like when the guys start kicking the shit out of him. The first the first two shots happen immediately. You're like, okay, I get it. He has this gun. It sort of happened. The third guy starts running away. And like that's that's sort of this weird sort of shift in tonality where it's like the first two were self defense, the third one was not yes. self defense, and you go from feeling bad about him to sort of being like, well, that's questionable. The guy, like, maybe did he deserve it? I don't know, but it wasn't self defense anymore. He's no longer sort of the good innocent good guy, you know, or yeah. not good guy, but like protagonist i mean you know well he's still the pro- like, protagonist doesn't yeah, mean good yeah. he's you know well, just meant, the main so, character. yeah I, you know, I get you i get tonality you. but yeah i mean things like that or things like uh the scene with uh the the elder wayne i can't remember his first name thomas uh, I think. thomas wayne like there there's so much to unpack from every scene which i like because yeah. anytime there's a movie like that where you can think about like what do all these different things mean and like what happened in this and how does that play to the overall themes of everything is fascinating to me. And I, I liked how they played for the first time they played the Wayne family to sort of be like the bad guy, you know? Yeah. Um, not that he was like inherently evil or inherently bad. We all know that they're philanthropists and whatnot, but uh, like just sort of seeing, Hey, society's struggling and this guy's calling people clowns sort of thing. Like it, it it gave a different sort of context to how we understand Batman in general, you know. 
That phrase is very funny to me. Just because <laughs> I mean, from the point of view of he is this cultural icon, and there is I, this I know, like, just continuous says, online debate of like, why do you like Batman? He's a he's a vigilante and a fascist, and it's yeah. like that doesn't make you know. I don't I don't know or you know whatever. Go ahead. So yeah, he's on the Murray show, and he shoots Murray with the. And then there's, I feel like there was, like we talked about this too, there was a number of points the movie could have ended on. Yeah. I don't think that I, I, I think they should have caught the last scene with the interview in the hospital. I thought that was stupid and gave too many, like, I, I didn't like that vagueness to it. I'm just saying that I think the vagueness made me reassess the movie because then I didn't afterwards, need to, I didn't need that. I didn't need, I, I needed him to shoot the guy and walk off. Well, he, I, like, I know there was that scene where it pulls out of all the TV screens, but then he also, yeah. there is that scene when he's amongst all the rioters. Yeah, and he does the, he takes the blood out of his mouth and makes the smile. They could have just ended it there. I guess so. I'm just thinking that there, the point of that was to be like, hey, to, to sort of bring it to this conclusion of like, hey, this guy like is still... I, I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to get. No, at, I, I think I, I, if, if I may, I if said. I may put words in your mouth. Yeah, I go ahead. That you Here, put this gun in my mouth. Yeah, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think that. Uh, uh-huh. I know you like this too much. It's weirding me out. No, uh-huh. <laughs> I think that the reason they did that, and this is you saying this, yeah. I think the reason they did this is because it made you not want to think the Joker was a, too much of a good guy. Like he's in he's in fucking jail. He's not supposed no. to be out there. Uh uh-uh. uh. I know. No, you disagree or what? <laughs> people people pay no, I'm money. Say, for I'm this. saying I'm saying because I from from the point of view of literally just expanding upon the fact that he's an unreliable narrator and we don't know to what percentage all the stuff in the movie happened or especially the scene with uh, I'll use this as an as an example. He's laughing about the fact that. Bruce Wayne's parents died as a result of all this shit that happened sort of because he is who he is and all these people sort of like rallied behind him. He didn't really fully understand why he was just sort of the icon of this sort of movement that was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so he he's like, oh, I, th- I was thinking about this joke and, you know, uh, oh, Thomas Wayne gets Thomas Wayne and his wife get shot. Ha ha ha. And it's like the entire idea that Bruce Wayne is 10 years old in this movie and Arthur Fleck is like in his 40s is maybe, in no, and of like itself th- like early 30s I would say early 30s fine 30s 40s whatever but like you know it, it's easy to bring up the fact that it's like oh well what's the Joker supposed to be 60 by the time Batman becomes Batman yeah like, I agree that's it, why it don't just make makes, another one it makes me wonder whether or not it's like well maybe Maybe the whole, like, backstory thing didn't happen. Maybe the shit with Bruce Wayne, maybe he just invented it. Like, for all we know, you know. Not that all the other shit didn't happen, but he's he's creating this backstory of Bruce Wayne's this, Bruce Wayne's the or Thomas Wayne's this. He, we know his, his mother was playing him up to be, you know, uh, like, his possible father sort of thing. And she was inventing all this shit in her mind. How does he not have more or less the same issues that she could have had and we know that he's adopted blah 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 it's not i'm not saying it's hereditary but along those lines of could he have invented parts of the story to just be like this is my justification and it's like but he has no justification for any of it does that make sense he's crazy i'm, I'm saying does that make sense in yes. the context of the last scene yes. of the movie all right 
For God's sakes, yes. <laughs> well, what, what, what else do you have? Uh, what, what else is what else is there? I feel like I just want to like run through different scenes, but it just almost feels like me recapping the movie, which yeah. seems kind of pointless. Well, I mean, we've I recapped there was a like, couple. This is what I will say. Halfway through the movie, I did not like it. I thought it was bad. However, which which was the turning point for you? When they revealed like okay, this stuff with the woman never happened because I was like this love interest is so forced and unbelievable. Yeah. And I had my suspicions it was false, but I'm like, ah, oh, the movie's not going to do that and they did that. And just the whole thing with him potentially being Bruce Wayne's brother, half-brother, whatever yeah. the case. Thought that was stupid and they kind of like maybe outlawed that or maybe retconned that like it might be true but it seemed like for all intents and purposes i'm not saying it was retconned i'm saying that it w- it's unreliable yeah we no, might I, be getting yeah, the information yeah. from him which is in and of itself not good so there was a number of things that the movie part you know probably about a third of the way through like undid all the stuff i didn't like about the movie yeah and then from there was like him becoming the joker hey can you call me the joker (laughs) that was a fucking good scene when he's in the dressing room also i mean i i'm sick of the memes for this movie already yeah but man i really like the scene i really liked it when he was putting on the makeup and the red suit and dancing on the stairs i thought that was really great and I, I think that also happens in line with him becoming the character more and more, you know, mm-hmm. because it's like, yeah, as he stops to take his uh, as he stops taking his medication and more of the insanity starts to come out. He he has this vision of himself and who he is or who he thinks that he is. And like you know, the idea of the dancing and stuff like that, like after he kills the people, you know, he starts dancing and then there's the scene on the stairs and shit and it's like yeah because he's like becoming this character that like just no longer has anything to lose sort of thing. like I, i'm like i think that i'm sick of seeing the picture of him on the stairs yeah but i with the the sm- the shrunk version of yeah him. <laughs> i i think that i've seen a lot of people try to take down the movie where they're like oh this scene is smart because the clown is supposed to be sad and he's happy and dancing because he's dark and it's like people keep wanting to fucking take this movie down i really don't understand why but i thought that it's was weird a, that was a cool like that was like just the scene that like i was watching it and i was like this is iconic yeah and I think the best movies have iconic moments and scenes and imagery. Yeah. And that scene of him on the stairs dancing after this like metamorphosis that yeah. he has after killing his mom and killing that guy and about to he's about to achieve his dream, you know, being on this late night, you know, being on what back in the day would have been Carson. Yeah. Even though it's like basically for the purpose of a cringe compilation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I thought that was a really, really powerful scene, and I really loved it. Even though Gary Glitter is a bad guy. <laughs> well, there's there's a lot of scenes like that where it, it is in and of itself iconic, but the memification of things, even even back a long time ago, uh, example number one I can think about is uh, the only thing I knew for a long time about the movie... Uh, what's, the, what's the name of the fucking movie? Um, God damn it. What what's the the movie with uh uh where he fucking uh shoots the, the brothel up? What the fuck is the name? Taxi of that? Driver? Yeah. Uh the one thing I knew about the movie Taxi Driver before I saw Taxi Driver is Are you talking to me? Mhm. Are you talking to me? 
one of the most famous lines of all of cinema are you talking to me yeah and And it's so it's so fucking obnoxious to hear that all the time Mm -hmm. and i know uh uh what's his name uh why can't i have this huge robert de niro uh is like i've heard that line said to said back to me every day of my life that's so like that's enough to drive dave Chappelle insane make him fly to south africa to fucking take a vacation yeah sort of level shit um where it's like yeah things that are iconic are iconic but then it has this mainstay in our brains that just like fucking eats away at like why it's important and why it's a good scene sort of thing you know Mm -hmm. yeah no i i agree with you i agree this felt like it was on that level to some extent. I love that scene where, like, yeah, like a taxi driver, he's, like, looking in the mirror, and it's just this iconic, like, mm. you know, like especially, you know, but for, like, a modern thing where it's, like, yeah, we didn't grow up hearing the line parody in every fucking comedy movie. We grew up, like, now we're, we, we are growing up. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Kind of. And we're seeing it for the first time with fresh eyes. I mean, it, it happened with other movies growing up. Look at fucking Borat. Like, mm-hmm. everyone knows Borat. Yeah. But being in middle school when Borat came out. Was Wait, like middle my, I don't. I don't remember High when it came school. Out. Yeah, I was like, I was like what, first. What year did Borat come out? 2007, I want to say. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I just 06. remember, like, being very annoyed by everyone in middle school. Very nice. Very, very cynical. Yeah, very nice. My wife. Et which, now it's funny again, but we have enough time sort of removed from it. Rule of 10,000s. The chickens have large talons. It's oh, like, why are God. you even referencing that right now? What's yeah. that a reference to? Just dumb, dude. They're just dumb it's people. Fucking stupid. Anyway. So it's like, yeah, that shit's happened before. It'll continue to happen. Hashtag baby Yoda. <laughs> Anything I, else to say about uh, this? I love the setting. It was a Gotham City, but it was based in this. It felt like this gritty '70s New York. Hey, I'm I'm in Gotham here. Oh, yeah. hey, watch out for this uh, tear gas. Oh, ah, we got clowns walking around the street. I'm walking here. Oh, what's next? A Mister Freeze movie? That'd be kind of cool. I mean, that happened. Uh, like an like an origin story. <laughs> like just a, a Todd Phillips directed movie called Freeze, and it's about how his wife gets frozen and he goes crazy <laughs> that'd, that'd be sort of interesting to have just a bunch of origin stories for like i feel like that's what when they announced that they were going to do the suicide squad movie i feel like this is the feeling that i wanted to have towards that movie where mm-hmm. it's like hey bunch of bad guys let's sort of see what makes them tick and instead it was this stupid fucking hot topic yeah. bullshit uh, um, but that's like when when I saw the first trailer that came out before they did all the edits to it, I was like, this is going to be cool. And it wasn't cool. And real quick on that, I know I've kind of ragged on comic book movies to some extent, but I was thinking earlier today about Batman, the animated series. I best, watched best Joker interpretation. Best one. <laughs> only one. If you say like, anything else, you're wrong. I think that is like the definitive comic book thing in a lot of ways. Yeah. I think Batman is like in a lot of ways the defi- a definitive comic book hero. And it throws you in and you see like you don't have to learn all the backstories right away, but you kind of learn them all like, ir- like as the characters appear and then yeah. they continue to appear throughout this what three or four season run of a show that was just really well written and really well done yeah and that's what i was thinking about mr freeze because that was one of the best episodes oh my wife froze let's do a skate off not fucking arnold schwarzenegger (laughs) 
Um, but anyway, uh, so now the point of the show is we have to decide if it's going to be in the library of regress or if we're going to burn it or shelf it. This is definitely a library one. Yeah, I'm going to say so. I'm going to say a cultural so. mainstay. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Here, here's uh, here's the shelf. Wow, that was me putting the book in the shelf. I wonder if that picked up at all. Probably not. <laughs> it's like three feet away from the mic. Well, I th- I think uh. Since we're talking about comic book movies, the next uh, easiest transition is to talk about the uh, TV show The Boys. The Boys, yes, yes. Boys are back in time. That should have been, that been the theme song. Actually, I have I have more to get into on that in a moment yeah. here. But The Boys is an Amazon back in Prime. Town. The Boys is an Amazon Prime original series. It is. It's interesting. That's all I'm going to... No, I'm just kidding. I got to say more about that. That's the point of the show. So, The Boys takes place in a world where basically the MCU and Justice League are real. Not only in terms of that the superheroes are real, but also in terms of that the movie-making capitalism machine behind it is also real. Yeah. And, yeah, they're bad people. Fuck. So Typical capitalists. So, the whole... Th- yeah, The Boys, it, it follows... It's back in town. It follows the, the this ragtag group of uh, vigilantes who are super powerless and who have been wronged by superheroes and want to take them down. So the show won me over immediately about 10 minutes into the first episode yeah. where the main character... What the fuck is his name again? Fuck. Uh, nerd Man. Yeah, Nerd Man. <laughs> the powers of nerd. He electronic store guy. Yeah. Him and his girlfriend were going on a walk and they're just talking and all of a sudden basically the equivalent of the flash runs through her. And that's like not really a like that's a very creative death. It's something like you think about like a beam or a blast, but it's like he's running so fast he accidentally explodes her. her. And like you just see like him holding her hand still. Horrendously was graphic. It was, I was so grossed out by it. That was brutal. And immediately I was like, okay, this is good. Yeah. I had the same, the same. That's like, that's the part where I was like, okay, I know what I'm watching now. Yeah. Where it's like, an, and this is almost like in the antithesis. Like in some ways it feeds off of the superhero stuff, but yeah. in a lot of ways, mostly it's an antithesis to all of it. It's a very good satire of it. Yeah. And, and it's like I, I said, s- it's all about the, like the fucking cinematic universe yeah. aspect. And I will say like, uh, when everyone's like, oh, watch this show, The Boys, I was like, I don't want to watch yeah, my, this. Yeah, my, a lot of my friends back home were like yeah. raving about it, raving yeah. about it. And I was like, I'm so turned off from most superhero stuff. Exactly. That's exactly where I was at. And because uh, you're saying it about Joker. And I was just like, man, like Joker was one thing. I don't know if I can watch like, mm-hmm. oh, well, it's a really good parody. And I think when people say parody, it's not like a parody. It's a satire of the genre. And I wish people would have said that when they were trying to pitch it to me because I was just like, I don't want to see a parody of this shit. Like, yeah. it's not funny to me. It's fucking boring. I hate it. But it, it was, it was, I, I'll go ahead and say, I think it's on the level of, I, I haven't seen the newest Watchmen show, but it was me at either. least in the, in the lines of like the movie or the comic book for me, where it's like trying to uncover, you know, I think Alan, Alan Moore's point of view with writing Watchmen was like, hey, these things that we all sort of look up to as cultural icons, they're not what we make them out to be. Let's sort of uncover what this means. And this did exactly that. But like the 
2010s version exactly of it. very modern it's based yeah. off a comic from like the mid 2000s yeah, which i didn't know until you know I yeah looked it up but yeah. so i mean it's obviously different because a lot of the stuff in the show is very modern mm-hmm. and a lot of the issues it tackles are very modern like in me me too or yeah starlight has to like basically suck the equivalents you know they suck off the equivalent of aquaman yeah just i mean man the, the show really really i thought the casting was so good yeah the like the people who they cast as the seven which are basically the equivalent of like the, the justice, justice league or yeah. the avengers like perfect perfect Dude, the, whoever they cast for mr superman guy yeah. was like yeah Dude, he looked like Vic Mignogna. <laughs> it's like, I could not get it out of my head the whole fucking time. And then given the he was context, so good, I was though, like, like, ooh. Because you could see that shift in like his facial expressions where he walks around and you're like, yeah, yeah man, this is like, this is the ultimate. Homelander. This is Homelander. The fucking, Homelander. This is the fucking Ubermensch. Like, look at his fucking hair is perfect. Yes. And he has a chiseled jaw. And then like, uh, you know, not to get too far into it, but like some of the scenes where like, where he goes from being Mr. Hero to like leaving those people die on a plane mm-hmm. where he's just like, come on, let's go. Like, yeah. it was like, holy shit, this guy's like cold, callous, evil, like. Oh my God. And like, oh, brilliant, yeah, brilliant yeah. casting. And that's the thing. I thought this show had the best pilot episode possibly of anything I've ever seen. Yeah. I don't think it was the greatest show I've ever seen, but I want to say it's, it's like, as far as modern shows, it's won me over more than a lot have, but it, yeah. that, first episode is so good and like probably just perfect yeah just how even like oh man there's like just they kind of get into the aspect of where what was it boston's trying to like buy off like this superhero to live there and it's like they like and yeah what who is the the chick who's like in charge of the whole like capitalistic angle of everything uh susan wojecki yeah yeah (laughs) we'll go with that so she was just like really just something else like that like she was a great character um so the whole thing is like i said the main character we look up his name just so we can not seem so stupid that's a good idea i want to hear it i'm going to be like oh duh you know i'm sure anybody listening he keeps calling him petite uh petite huey 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 yeah that's right so which i love that fucking french guy by the way at first i was like no, I don't like this guy. Yeah. And then he's just like, oh, mon corps. I actually did not like him at all the entire time. I hated him. I liked, I, he, I, I warmed up to him with his fucking weird little Frenchisms. So I want to get more into that in a second here. Yeah. So they, you know, the, the company tries to like buy him off like with damages, you know, yada, 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 uh, we'll pay you the severance package if you don't talk about this. And he just was like, fuck that. I don't want to, you know, uh, and he ends up getting approached by, uh, Bruce, was it? Fuck. I'd, I'd like, go out of my way not to remember. Carl Urban. That's yes. his character's name. Carl what, Urban. What was, his, what was the character's name, though? Uh, butcher. 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 Billy, Billy the Butcher. Billy the Butcher, yeah. So... This is going to be the rest of <laughs> our talking about it is, like, uh, what's the, the fast man? I don't know. Yeah. A-Train. I know that much. So, he gets approached by uh, Butcher... Where he's like, yeah, yeah. He, he brings him to this underground area where you get yeah. to see all this like crazy shit with the people who have superpowers who are not all they're cracked up to be. Because there's a lot more than just the seven, which is the yeah the, the main team. Um, so yeah, then he ends up getting a you know he ends up getting approached by the Invisible Man. Basically, that guy was 
fucking terrifying. Like, yeah. n- not only was he invisible, but he was invincible. Yeah. And, man, the way that they... You know, obviously, spoilers, but, you know, the way that they kill him, holy shit. Yeah. That, that first couple episodes when they're just like, how do we deal with it? They, yeah. they, they happen to get him in a fucking cage. It reminded me a lot of... Uh the first time Walter White killed the guy in the basement where mm-hmm. he like bike locked his, uh, his, his neck to the, uh, to like the, the, uh, yeah, the, the pole, pole in his basement. And they're just like, I can't do it, man. I can't like it. It had that feeling of like overcoming this obstacle. And that was one of my favorite scenes in the entire show is, uh, Petit Huey keeps looking at the the poster of like the wash your hands poster mm-hmm. and uh it's the the baby with spaghetti all over and uh it's like you know keep your hands clean and up until this point he's like because it wasn't just like how the fuck do we kill him but like he was going over the turmoil of like am i capable of killing this guy you know mm-hmm. and then that one scene where like he's finally he finally crosses the line and he kills him and then there's this blood splatter all over him. And then he keeps, he looks back at the, the baby with the spaghetti all over and it says, keep your hands clean. And it like zooms back to him with blood all over him was like one of my favorite scenes. That was amazing. It was. Yeah. I thought that was great. There was a lot of good imagery and stuff like that. Um, you know, one thing I want to mention just cause I'm thinking about that scene in particular is yeah. this is a pet peeve of mine for movies and TV in general, but when the song choices are too on the nose. I don't remember the song. It's just like everything like with Butcher, he's British and they yeah. have like he's in a fight and they're playing London Calling. I, I did like that. But, <laughs> but then, like, like, yeah. And then when he's covered in blood, they're playing the Cherry Pie song because it looks like Cherry. Oh, yeah. But like, you know, a lot of the other ones, it just was like it was like the most obvious like radio play songs yeah. you could possibly think of. I really I, I, I was almost cringing every time they, with their song choices because it was just like, oh, here's what's happening here. That's what the song is singing about the thing that's happening. And it's just like I don't like when it's so on the nose and this show was really bad about that. And that's a criticism I heard of the Watchmen as well. Of the, the newest one the movie, the movie yeah. where the songs oh, were yeah, like yeah. too mainstream and too on the nose. A little that I did have that complaint and some people tried to talk me down from it, but I didn't really like, uh, when they're they're flying into uh, the 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 main bad guy that's the good guy but the bad guy when they're like flying into his lair that's in like the South Pole or whatever and uh, all along the Watchtower plays it's like yeah I exactly. get that it's the sixties and whatever but like uh, do some like big ominous orchestral thing or something it's like, and that's you know? like so on the nose yeah. and it's like just for somebody the writing of Alan Moore that's just sort of embarrassing to yeah but anyway that's kind of the same vibe I have with the boys. But we have not really talked much about the boys themselves, and that's something I wanted to get into. They're back in town. They're here again at Dino's. So I thought, honestly, for me, I this is I kind of didn't like the boys. Like the show in the beginning really, really won me over with the whole premise yeah. and the seven and the whole idea around that. And I liked Huey. I liked Huey's yeah. dad. I like Butcher, but then like other characters, I did not like the French guy, and then the other guy with the uh, mother's milk. Yeah, who was that guy? That we knew he worked <laughs> in a prison. I don't like we know nothing else about him, and like yeah. all every every interaction between all the characters felt so forced. Where he's like, even like I kind of like Huey, where he's like, yeah, I, I, he's like, yeah, we need you to infiltrate. He's like, I don't, I'm not an infiltrator. I like Billy Joel and like yada. He's like, mm-hmm. he's like. 
they're not infiltrators and it's like what the fuck are you talking about like that has yeah. nothing to do it just like it's just bad writing it's lazy or like butcher's spice girls inspirational speech when he was like talking to uh, the frenchman and mother's milk because like i like they that. don't like each other uh, yeah. i did i hated it man. i thought it was I funny that a guy it. like that would know about the spice girls and then later because on he's you're British. like she fuck how the fuck wouldn't you know about that uh, because he's a dude i don't know about the spice girls but you know they're british he's british i get it i didn't know that the spice girls were british that's how little i know about the spice girls well it makes sense I just I one of I, them's married to David Beckham. It makes sense. Yeah, I personally, I, I stuff like that. I just thought that like the the interactions between them were all very very forced. I will say and then, that I didn't the, the them as sort of the good guys or as the protagonists or whatever was less interesting than just the storytelling around more of the thematic yes, elements. Yes, of, like what was happening i think it was everything. necessary because like the, i mean like the very premise is just like these guys with no superpowers are trying to fucking take down yeah. the justice league basically which yeah. is a fu- it was just terrifying and that scene when they have uh what i'm, I'm drawing a blank in the, in the invisible guy's name invisible man invisible fuck it yeah we'll just call him that sorry everybody mr invisible it so, doesn't they know who we're talking about but when homelander is like flying they're yeah. like, oh fuck homelander's coming yeah. like that was scary dude homelander's scary he's terrifying and that first episode when yeah. he's like flying out to the plane like the whole time you like they frame it where homelander is like oh he's a goody two shoes yeah. he's the one who's like not corrupt yada 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 he's yeah. a, he believes in the cause and he's like whatever and then like the last scene well where, like, he doesn't have dirt on him was yeah the thing. Like, exactly yeah. which we find out more about later but yeah he like the the mayor of boston i think it was him and his son are on the plane he has to sign autograph from homelander yeah. homelander's waving to him on the plane and all of a sudden you just see his eyes start to light up yeah. and you're like whoa, whoa whoa what's happening he just fucking cuts the plane in half with his eyes yeah. and lets the kid die and the rest of everyone on the plane die and then the other plane scene where he just like the kids are trying to get off the plane and he like like you said earlier the 10 scene but then when he goes like fuck off or i'll burn you with my fucking yeah, lasers yeah yeah like that was like scary like yeah. and it really like the the show really puts you in the in the tone of like where the boys would be or what anyone would be where it's like yeah they're fucking monsters and it's like it, it comments on a lot of like almost yeah. like, they're like hollywood elites where it's like the whole me too thing though it's like yeah there's like and a there's lot so of, much there's like uh i i took a bunch of notes on this uh there's me too there's like just the idea of like late capitalism celebrity culture mm-hmm. like police brutality um the the fucking military industrial complex like different conspiracy theories and shit like that like yeah. all sort of boiled into all of the shit that's happening and it, it all had to do with just like the use and abuse of power structures and like what if these people did exist yeah. you know how would they be why do we think that they would be all good or that that's the weird thing um about the idea of superheroes in general is that nobody up until this point where they're making this show nobody had the idea to sort of like glob onto them and be like oh well we're gonna market this yeah because why wouldn't you you know like exactly superheroes are real why would like uh, fake superheroes have all this (laughs) merchandising and shit like that like yeah why wouldn't there be if superman was real how come somebody wouldn't hire him to you know fucking you know and i i do realize that this has happened in some of the comic books where it's like superman versus the red menace and it's like that's terrifying 
This yeah. is hor- this is <laughs> this is too much power within one individual. We think that it's good because he's on our side, but like they go into the show where it's like they're creating super villains just to make more money, mm-hmm. you know. Anyway, I cut you off on some point because I just wanted to talk about sort of like all of that together. You know? I mean, that's basically like what I was getting at. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, I wish that I liked the main cast a little bit more. I the one thing I will give a pass to is the fact that um, they weren't necessarily the most likable, and I think that they could have done a little more to make them likable, but. I can give them a pass on, on the sense that, like, the seven, for instance, are sort of the, the pinnacle of what we aspire to as humans. And I, I wouldn't just, even say it's, like, likable. I mean, the seven was not likable at but all. They, but they were, like, they had, written. They had the... the uh, they had, like, on the outset of when you look at them, they're all that's right with humanity. Like, they're mm-hmm. this selfless group of heroes that rose to the occasion and they're they're everyone's savior and you see sort of like the the spiritual like filth that sort of the the decay and the corruption and shit like that of like no these are really bad people and it's like so what in this universe what does a good person look like you know because all of the all of the good attributes that we put towards the seven we all know to be fake so what's what exactly is the antithesis of that and I can sort of give a pass to being like, maybe these guys don't have to be, you know, uh, good people or likable or shit like that. They're just there to do the job sort of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. I do think that it's it's a little lacking in that sense, but I get that it's like, what what what's the antithesis of this? What do we do? What do we just have better superheroes that are like, ah, but I'm right. It's like, it has to have that little bit of ambiguity. It has to have a little bit of like... These guys aren't good, sort of thing. I don't. I don't know. Something like that. Oh, I get that. I mean, I get the whole thing. It just, yeah. I. I mean, I don't know. To c- kind of circle back around. Um. I mean, though, like you to talk more about Homelander specifically. We learn more about him. He is a. a <laughs> Homelander was a very interesting character. Yeah. Just his obsession with. Uh, we Susan Wojcicki. Yeah, Susan. Just like. And he has that line even in the first episode where he's like, I think it's very admirable that a woman your age could have a newborn child. Yeah. Like, it's rude and she's just kind of like, oh, thanks, you know? And also, like, the weird, like, you find out, you, you kind of get the glimpse, like, he would, like, use his x-ray vision to, yeah. like, watch her breastfeed her child. Yeah. And then you, <laughs> the weird, like, psychosexual dynamic you find out they have where, yeah. like, he's, like, sort of into getting domed by her. Yeah, and that's that like sort a of the really weird scene. Their business mechanic is that way too, and it made him uncomfortable. But he's like yeah. sexually, he was like he liked to just be like humiliated by her. It was just like that was a crazy scene, and like I just yeah, there was a lot of yeah. But then that ends up coming to a head towards the end. Like the the last episode, I thought was incredible, where he basically takes her hostage with her child, as well as like butcher who's there to, like, you know, use her as a hostage to get to Homelander because yeah. you find out that Homelander, you know, raped his ex-wife. And then he Homelander ends up just fucking burning a hole through her head. Yeah, that was... And uh, he's just like, okay, now what? This should be interesting. Yeah, I did, I did not see, like... Like, part of me did and part of me didn't mm-hmm. sort of see that happening where it's like... I had no idea where that was going to go. 
I didn't. Uh, that was a that was a tense scene, and uh, when that happened, I I think it was that power dynamic of like I think he got something out of her being sort of lorded over him. Like he she was the only person that had like some power over him, and then mm-hmm. she was like, "I'm fucking terrified of you." He was like, "Oh, there's nothing here anymore." Yeah. fuck it and he's enough of like a yeah, fucking true, true. murderous psychopath that it just like at that point it just meant nothing more to him because mm-hmm. he got no more gratification out of it yeah so i mean i'm yeah i feel like we're glossing over like enough for the show uh we didn't really talk about uh compound v which is like this drug yeah, that yeah. we find out that that's how they're making superheroes where the capitalist angle comes in a lot more here because they're not just to coexisting in this world with these people they're yeah. making them which yeah makes sense uh from that point of view because it's like you're you're not just you're not just monetarily benefiting off of their existence but you're stacking the odds against yourself like you're stacking the odds in your favor to bet in your favor to win in this like big fucking weird crony capitalist game of like you know superhero industry yeah you know Uh, any other thoughts you want to throw out there um just want to point out that the uh, the Aquaman guy is named Kevin. Well, his, name, his name was Kevin. <laughs> I don't remember them ever saying that. They they did. I I'm, I made a point to uh, when someone was like, uh, "Oh, we're talking to uh, Kevin here." Like I I had to write that down because for whatever reason they always name the dumb character Kevin, yeah. whether it's yeah. that or the penguin that's dumb. Yeah, in the, three, the two, deep. One yeah. yeah. Also, um, real quick. Like I mentioned, there was like the Me Too scene with him in the first yeah. episode where he, you know, he's like, oh, I'm sort of the like second in command here, which you find out is not true later on. Yeah. And Starlight is sort of like the kind of character we relate to the most, I feel, in the show. Yeah. Um, Her and I think Huey to a certain yeah. extent. I think that they were like the two down to earth sort of oh, like. Oh, real quick. I thought that their meeting was stupid. They were sitting on the same bench. I thought it was stupid, but I also thought it was it felt funny in a way that she's she like she's going through this personal turmoil and she sits down and he's just eating a sandwich. <laughs> Why are they talking to each other? That wouldn't, especially in New York, that would never. Yeah. Happen. So, but real quick. And then like, he ends up getting basically raped later on too, by that woman who's, and you find out that he has like fish gills mm-hmm. under his suit that he's uncomfortable of. Yeah. And then she ends up like fingering his gills. That and he's so like, weird, that man. was, an, that was, so that was a hard scene to watch. And then you just kind of see his life continue to fall apart in cincinnati yeah (laughs) (laughs) where where things go to die exactly i do wonder i because we never saw the conclusion of what happens with him like the one of the last scenes is he's just shaving all the hair on his body Mm -hmm. i wonder if he just becomes some sort of like psychopathic like something's gonna happen with him yeah i don't know what if he just becomes some extremist fucking whale man or i i don't know i don't know what they're gonna go for but uh it Who felt was like it was I guess he's into something. fucking dolphins too. Hell yeah. I got those blowholes. Um yeah, I don't know. I, I think the only other thing uh the only other thing I can think of is uh the idea of uh the creation of the uh of the supervillains I thought was uh like an the interesting yet obvious angle to take where it's like oh there's other people on in other countries and it's like of course they manufactured those people to be like that yeah sort of thing and it's it it adds another layer of depth where it's like that does get into you know they're fighting this uh this like 
bill in order to allow them to fight in wars because like of course you know and it it just really makes you sort of wonder like what what the fuck are we fighting any of these wars for you know in a certain sort of weird way like when we get involved in any of these countries i thought it was a good satire of that because it's like yeah if you if everyone has these uh fucking superpowers and they're all fighting each other and then we're sort of the the cost of you know uh collateral damage and people dying and shit like that as as a result of you know uh these moneyed interests like what what are we fighting for if it's just like these fucking you know super powered fucking weapons yeah you know and i thought that was a good take on that other than that i don't have too much else to add i don't think that's well, just about i'm gonna put in the library i liked it i didn't think it was perfect i thought it had a great first episode and i yeah. I, I am very i'm like when season two comes out I'm definitely going to watch it. Yeah, I want to watch it. I want to see it to its conclusion. Yeah. I think. So this, you know, hooked me in a lot of ways that a lot of TV shows recently have not. So. Yeah. For that alone. That's my problem with a lot of things nowadays. It's like, if something doesn't hook me in the first 10 minutes, I don't care, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so much content. Yeah. Thanks like for listening. You, <laughs> like when you said about a Joker um, being sort of a slow burn. I like slow burn movies, but also if there's not a reason for me to watch it, I don't care enough to sit through the burn, you know? Hmm. So next on the list, we have, I'm going to go to uh, Nick Cave, Ghosting. Yeah. I lay in the forest amongst the butterflies and the fireflies and the burning horses and the flaming trees. As a spiral of children climb up to the sun. So I am, or rather, I was not at all familiar with Nick Cave before this. I'd heard the name. Yeah. I never sought him out. Right. But I listened to this album for the first time. I know he's been around for a while. Long time. Like, yeah. he's a, he has a long fucking career. He used to be in a uh, sort of post-punk goth band in the fucking 80s. Yeah. Called, I think, The Birthday Party. So his career spans from like the 80s to now. So he's been around for a long ass time. Yeah. So I honestly, I only listened to this album, Ghosting. Are you familiar with any other of his songs? Like uh, Red Right Hand is a big one. Um, Or He's got a couple other ones. He's not a very well-known person, but there's some songs that you might recognize from different movies or something like that. Different movies, different TV shows perhaps um because i'm looking here yeah because i did not see let me see yeah i'm sure i would have to like listen to it more but yeah uh yeah so i listened to ghosting this is a newer album his newest album i think yeah this year a couple months ago yeah Yeah. so are you uh are you were you a nick cave fan before this yeah so it's been uh it's been up and down i think i've been listening to him a lot within the past two or two or three years maybe a little longer than that um so a, a weird guy definitely a weird guy i don't know yeah. how much you read about him or he, not he kind of gave me like tom waits vibes yeah especially with some of the uh some of the more ballady sort of stuff yeah. where he's sort of talking poetry over some of the stuff not exactly singing but not not singing you know yeah i and i had heard that actually because i told a friend i was listening to the album and he's like i heard it's like poetry kind of and i was like yeah kind of yeah certain aspects and i one thing i i really like his whole persona of uh 
Like, I I just like that he's not a very good looking guy <laughs> and that he's not very good at singing, but that like, there's something about him. That, Again, Tom Waits. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about him that just like he has this coolness of how uncool and how uncool he is. Like, you know, sort of, you know, he gets it. Yeah, he, he gets it. Self-aware. He, he found his own sort of little his his own little niche, I guess. And uh, yeah. But so uh, let me let me scroll down to the uh, let me find this. Oh, he he had a song in Shrek too. Did he really? What song? People ain't no good, which makes sense. <laughs> so the album itself was about the death of his son, who oh. uh, recently it, it, the news came out that uh, they, they did an autopsy on his son. He fell off of a bridge, and it turned out that his son and like a friend had like dropped LSD for the first time. And he just sort of lost his cognition of sort man, of where see, he was. Like, and, not to get too personal, but yeah. like that's why I don't fuck with that stuff. With man, this like, type of like album, so, or you mean no, LSD? Okay. No, no. <laughs> uh, I'm just I'm so into the artistic. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, just that's sad. It is sad. I, he was like 14, I think, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm the, I'm the same way. That some of that shit freaks me out. Um, so his son died a couple years ago. He'd put out an album an album since then, but this was sort of the album that came out that he like wrote about his experiences with it, uh, with dealing with all of this stuff. And um, I think the thing that I liked about the record, and I don't know if you sort of picked up on this at all, is that it's sort of schizophrenic in the way that grief sort of is. Where yeah, I could see that. Where there's parts where he's very self-indulgent and then there's other parts where he's like, everyone goes through this. Why am I being so fucking mopey? You know, Mm -hmm. and then there's parts where he's like, finds joy and just the experiences that he's had with his son. And then that joy sort of slips into this sort of delirium and stuff like that. So in terms of some of the songs, I, I really liked some of the songs uh and i some of the songs i'm like eh, i don't know but the yeah. album itself had this like effect on me that was like it what i like about albums and not just picking out songs and making playlists and shit but like an album like this is that you go through all of that and it's sort of like taking a journey yeah you know? see the thing is like i i don't listen to enough albums like through like that even yeah. like growing up my access to music was finding a band I liked and downloading random shit on LimeWire mm-hmm. from whatever album yeah, and just listening to all of it out of order. And like, I, I, I kind of regret that. And I've gone back and like, listened to like, you know, older bands I've liked mm-hmm. and listened to albums. And I do, I do like when I can, I do very much value the album experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you, like this, like there's a common theme and there's a common thread. I don't know that this was exactly my cup of tea. Yeah. Musically speaking, I It did it did take me a long time to like Nick Cave because there's so much that's unlikable, but I had to wade through it and find how much I liked the unlikability <laughs> of it. Yeah, I yeah. could I could yeah. see that cuz I listened to it a couple times and I would say honestly I I I didn't love it, but I definitely liked it more on the second listen. Yeah. Because it was... It took me a couple listens to sort of Yeah, like the first time too. I just was like, I kind of wasn't in the mood for something slow and... Yeah. Like, 
fucking like yeah. droney and whiny and yeah. like and I, I feel bad saying that now and learning more about <laughs> fucking it son shut up yeah uh no but i mean like in that sense it just it's not exactly my cup of tea yeah but were there any songs that stuck out to you i would say the one that the one that stuck out to me the most and like there was a couple but i i know i made a note for sure a ghosting speaks yeah stuck out to me um i think that's one of the more if i'm remembering because there's yeah, there's that one, and then there, there's Ghost Teen, and then Ghost Teen Speaks. Um, yeah. I think that was one of the more sort of uplifting ones. Um, I think uh, three that three or four that stuck. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go with three, since it's just a shorter number. Uh, I like Bright Horses, Sun Forest, and I, I really liked Hollywood. That's the last one. It's yeah, that was good, minutes, too. Because yeah. Yeah. Uh, it has that, uh, I mean, Bright Horses and Sun Forest, like the... Uh, the the children's choir that he had on those songs and then uh the the fact that it's a children's choir and that it's a song about uh, that it's an album about his son and that he has these lines about like i think in sun forest something about like uh ladder of children climbing up to the sun mm-hmm. you know had this like profoundly eerie effect on me that was just like i don't just, I, I don't know i don't know how to describe that but um those two songs i thought were two of the best and then hollywood i really liked it has this weird sort of ominous foreboding thing where he's he's still talking about his experiences and stuff like that but also just i i don't know whether or not this is exactly what he was going for but uh hollywood is sort of being the uh like the the professional the 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 not the professional um the, the aspect where he's sort of showing this off to people sort of thing and his sort of like weird regret about having to make this public in a sort of way. And then he also ties it into this uh, story, this uh, like Buddhist parable about uh, this woman who her son dies and Buddha says, oh, go go and find a mustard seed from someone who hasn't had someone that dies. And then the woman sort of realizes like, everyone's died you know the, this quest to find this mustard seed is like just so i realize that everyone goes through their own grief and his realization of that like i liked all of the 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 lyrics and the tonality and sort of that understanding and acceptance of him as you know from the point of view of like a storyteller in yeah. that sense yeah i mean there's a lot to unpack in that sense of just his yeah. own experiences which yeah i think would I probably, I probably honestly probably have to sit with a little bit more knowing it all because I didn't I didn't do the research yeah. but um yeah being said I yeah I trying to think what else I can say um because yeah like I said it wasn't exactly yeah my thing and I, Which I do is fair. I do enjoy like plenty of post punk and uh yeah stuff from that era. Which I, I now I want to go back and listen to more of that. Yeah, because I think like that sounds like that would be up my alley. And there he does he does definitely have a lot of other good albums. And the thing that I like about him the most is that he is sort of all over the place. Like he's definitely rooted in that post punk gothic sort of scene. But uh, one of, one of my favorite albums that I've been listening to nonstop is uh, Dig Lazarus Dig which is a song about uh or it's it's an album about uh the idea of Lazarus sort of coming back to life and he's put on a Broadway play sort okay. of thing and it's this very like it's a very hard rock album sort of thing it's it's very strange um he's got that he's got 
Uh, he's got another project called Grinder Man. Uh, the second Grinder Man album is really, really good. Um, I mean, they're both good, but mm-hmm. Grinder Man 2 is one of my favorites. Um, God, there, there's so much shit. I, I think you would, you would benefit from listening to Red Right Hand, and I think that album, um, I think it's Let Love In, I think might be sort of up your alley, so I'd say check that stuff yeah, out. Yeah, that sounds familiar, so yeah. I'll check that out. Uh, but as far as Ghosting... Is it Ghost Teen? Which would make a, I think it's ambiguous. I mean, that would make sense, but it's one Ghost Teen. Yeah, yeah. So, sort of a weird album name. I do like this cover, though. Yeah, me too. It's a very beautiful cover. Yeah, you folks, you got to see this. Yeah, Google it, assholes, motherfuckers. Yeah. So what? Do you, what? Do you, well, and then real quick, that's like the, uh, the the part of the experience I like about the album is the mm-hmm. art, like the visual artistic ele- element that kind of goes with it. So. Yeah. In that sense, great. Um, I would say I don't have a whole lot more bullet points to say, but I would say I would maybe shelf it. I I feel bad saying I was almost thinking about burning it, (laughs) but the more... Now that you can sort of contextualize it a little better. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. You're giving me a little more context for it, so I do like it more. And like I said, I was listening to it again today, and... I liked it more then, so maybe if I listen to it seventeen times, I'll really like it. Maybe, so. and I'd say I'd say check out some of. Didn't his have other time stuff, to do that. So he's got a lot of really great songs. Yeah, I'm definitely there. curious to check out more of his oeuvre. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna shelf it. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I'm gonna say I wanna um I wanna shelf it too because. I liked it a lot, and I like all of his stuff. I don't think it was one of his better albums, um, but there's something I think for me to be for. I think there's something to be said about it's just interpretation of the idea of grief and doing this sort of like meditation on it. And uh, again, I didn't like every song on it. Um, I I think Dig Lazarus Dig is probably one of my favorite albums by him, at least so far based on the amount of times I've listened to it. Uh, this was not one of my favorite albums by him, but I, I just, I think that that's something where it's like, I, I keep coming back to it and I keep thinking about it and I keep sort of recontextualizing it. And so many of the elements of like his preponderance of religion in the context of like, I don't think he's a religious person, but him thematically bringing up stories of Jesus and Buddha and shit like that is all just uh, as a way of dealing with, you know, reality and understanding that this is the human experience of like everybody goes through this sort of mm-hmm. thing, you know, like is uh, it, it had an effect on me and I do keep going back and listening to it and getting something else out of it. So I would also say shelf it for those reasons, you know, it you, wouldn't, you wouldn't put it in the library. Uh, I, I don't think so. Okay. I liked it. It didn't surprise me away. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. It's my, my humble take on my own opinions. <laughs> Fair oh, enough. It's not that important. Like, yeah. It's good. I enjoyed it. I, th- I think if some of the songs were a little stronger, I would like it a little more. Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. I, I would agree. There's a couple where, uh, again, like I, I think some of the songs, I think Sun Forest is maybe one of my favorite Nick Cave songs, but I think some of the other ones just weren't strong enough so that I felt like... As a whole. Yeah, as a whole that it, you know... Uh, that it's like a uh uh what's the queens of the stone age album um songs for the deaf like where it's like i like every song on here yeah 
melancholy and the in the infinite sadness where i like every song on here or the the mars volta album francis the mute like those are all albums that it's like those are definitely like top shelf you know library of regress <laughs> material for me yeah this is like I, I liked some of it but as a cohesive unit uh, it it lacked a little bit you know fair enough so the last item on the docket is el camino colon a breaking bad movie yes it is which i could have used i agree with you i could have used less of that title and less of it being so focused on breaking bad so here's my perspective i love breaking bad i've already brought it up once on the show completely unrelated it is my favorite show i think it is absolutely perfect and i also really really love better call saul i gotta say i don't know why i i understand breaking bad's importance but i like better call saul better than breaking bad in some ways i do in some ways i do and it, i mean i guess we'll we have to see how it ends you haven't even seen like season that, four yet so that yeah. like that is like the yeah. like that like, yeah wait till you see that but anyway so i had very high hopes because i was like because i had high, high hopes <laughs> oh god well i guess we'll be talking about that on thought cops <laughs> Um. <laughs> oh God, my brain is full of poison. Yeah. So El Camino, oh my God, a Breaking Bad movie is a Netflix exclusive feature. Yeah, it takes place directly after episode finale of Breaking Immediately Bad. Immediately after, yeah. Which is like I th- I think it fills an important void of what because yeah, Breaking Bad is not really the kind of thing I wanted to be left up to interpretation. And the one thing was what happens to Jesse. Yeah, we can only assume, you know. And this was a great point to really just okay, we get the definitive answer, you know. Yeah. Which and, I, I remember uh, after Breaking Bad had ended, and Vince Gilligan had said something along the lines of like, "Well, I like to think that he did escape." you know sort of thing and He'd it's like, like but we don't that yeah but we don't know until you make the fucking movie where he does you know because yes. otherwise yeah it's left up to interpretation and it's like uh, it it didn't feel like enough of a of an important thing to leave linger you know mm-hmm. where it's like you know like with the joker movie like did this movie happen or not like that was more important this i don't know yeah so and the reason i say i wish it was less breaking bad i guess my hopes yeah. for this movie were in that better call saul that felt like something we we needed to see less of who what who was saul yeah we didn't need to see that but man is it good yeah and also it completely stands on its own there's mm-hmm. a few fan servicey things here and there but they're tastefully done it's within the same universe and yeah. it's done in a in a very good way yeah and the, most of the characters are new mm-hmm. to that they're exclusive to that show yeah because go figure saul has like his own family yeah. and his own friends and his own life that intersects with the world but you know we get to explore that yeah, yeah so in the same sense this is the spinoff for jesse but it's a movie it was which re- i'm glad it's i'm glad it was only a movie yeah me too, and not me too. its own series uh jesse as a character in breaking bad he wasn't my correct favorite. he was <laughs> alex trebek uh was jesse a character yeah and anyway that's not how jeopardy works but so <laughs> <laughs> so jesse not like I, he he was not like i liked him 
but I I don't know that I would have wanted to see a focal thing on him specifically yeah. because I didn't like his friends in his life were all very unlikable. They were likable in the sense that it's like these these are nice guys, but like there's not all that much there. Right. They're kind of dumb. And I mean, to a certain extent, Jesse had a understandably like he, he had a good understanding of like street mentality like you wouldn't say he's book smart because he he's not he was never book smart he was never that smart of a person but he understood certain things and he figured things out in a way that was unique to him which i sort of liked Mm -hmm. but yeah i agree with you that in a certain sense there wasn't as much there to him as a character as there was to like walter who had all this other shit going on i think i understood him to be in the show sort of more to be like this punching bag of like the ugliness of you know walter relies on him at first and then ends up just sort of using him and then they get in this weird sort of like uh toxic relationship with each other where yeah jesse sort of like after a while he's like i don't even want part of this anymore i just want out i don't want to deal with this shit and he just keeps pulling him back in and then he becomes like a slave at a certain point and uh that's always my understanding of the character is like this is as a result of all this stuff that we're seeing this is who gets set up as the punching bag so yeah i mean to do an extended character study on him to me not all that interesting because other than that he wasn't that intelligent you know as a character yeah so i think a movie was the appropriate amount of time we could spend with that and also because vince gilligan is an he's a great writer and director mm-hmm. and the movie had all sorts of classic gilligan hijinks yeah like slowly piece by piece removing all of the interior of an apartment and then watching it from overhead like bird's eye view it's very yeah. vince gilligan to kind of play with the form like that yeah and yeah i mean i i kind of wish like okay here is my hope so better call saul is, you know, there's a throwaway line towards the end of Breaking Bad where Saul says something along the lines of, well, like, best case scenario, you get you get out of this, you get a restart, and I could be, like, a manager of a, a Cinnabon in Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah. Flash cut to Better Call Saul. He's a manager of yeah. a Cinnabon in Omaha, Nebraska. In Breaking Which Bad... Which is sort of a good juxtaposition uh, because it's like we see what happens before with Saul before Breaking Bad and then like sort of at the end but the study isn't at the end of like what happens it's like what happens before what led him to become Saul and with Jesse it's like what happens after you know sort of thing so and so Jesse has a throwaway line of you could go anywhere you could be anyone what do you Mm -hmm. do he's like I'm gonna go to Alaska so it's like okay I almost wish that this movie was just Jesse the character Jesse from Breaking Bad Jesse Pinkman living in alaska on some completely unrelated movie yeah maybe that's just me that would think something like that that would be cool but this picked up exactly where the last episode ended off where he's in the car speeding off the police are going to arrest the now dead walter white i mean there wasn't there was like a weird aspect where you know walter was very private like we never really got to see like how the rest of the world reacted to 
the things he did and what happened. So it was weird to see like a little bit in the last season, like a very little bit where you see uh, like he goes back to his old house to get the uh, the that's, vial. Yeah, of and the, the kid, they've all right. They've all spray yeah, They know who he is. Yeah. yeah, he becomes that's this like it, ominous though. figure that's on the run, sort of thing. But yeah, but the idea is like we see him on the news, and there's like Jesse Pinkman is the last one subject. Like it's yeah, it, it kind of brought it more to this like grandiose perspective where it's like oh yeah that shit did happen that was mm-hmm. fucking crazy and this is how the there's some fallout from yeah it. like the mayor is involved and all this other stuff where his parents it, jesse's parents and that was a, like an aspect of closure i didn't expect but appreciated the movie where he gets to say goodbye to his parents because they were so estranged for a long time yeah and so the movie did something i didn't expect was it jumped back and forth between present time just after Breaking Bad. Yeah. And then going back to uh, what happened during the time skip, which was while Jesse was a prisoner to the Nazis and chained, chained up. Or in, in typical Breaking Bad, typical Vince Gilligan fashion, he is obsessed with detail and nuance. We we get to see the guys who made the chain. The high, <laughs> hang, it's, a, it's a... Dude, when you see Better Call Saul... I don't want to say too much about it, but they're like the the plot of the season revolves around something that is so minimal yeah. to the story of Breaking Bad. God, I want to say it, but I don't want to say it. Do you mind? Uh, don't say it. Okay. Or, uh, here, say it, but I'm going to cover no, no, my No, no, you have holes. to hear it. You have okay. to hear it. Yeah, no. I, I won't say just it, Just because, yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but I, but I know like, what you're talking about where it's like... Oh, you know the the security guard number twelve that was sitting in the office when uh when fucking Jesse went into uh the Staples to go take a shit like mm-hmm. that guy he gets his own plot line like and it's like if you can make that interesting that's awesome that's yeah. a better call soldier they took a yeah it's like if you told me this entire season was focused around this thing that you wouldn't even think about being important to Breaking Bad yeah is and then they made it really 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 good. Yeah, I would be like, that's impressive, and that this movie like did not fully do that for me to some extent. Like, I wish it was like honestly, I wish it was more bombastic and grandiose in some respect. Yeah, so it's like they, yeah, it's like you get to see who made the fucking chain system to keep him tied up for the Nazis and the welding company and stuff, and that was like a detail I appreciated, and yeah. I I thought it was like it kind of gave some purpose to it, but I wish that it wasn't so tied in to the lore of Breaking Bad to some respect. Yeah. Um, I will say I, I was sort of glad that it wasn't as grandiose. Um, I felt like at times that was sort of like breaking bad, sort of like downfall. Like, again, I think my go-to example is, uh, Gus getting his face blown off and walking out the door, you know, sort of thing. I thought that was possibly the best scene in the whole show. I thought it was good, <laughs> but it's one of those things where it's like, that doesn't happen in real life. That wouldn't uh... happen. That wouldn't happen. Uh, you wouldn't get your skull blown clean off on one half of your face and then walk out. You would just die. I mean, people survive like explosions in war with half of their skin on only one half of their yeah, face blown off. But they, maybe they died. Maybe they died like thirty seconds later, like Gus did. You know, we don't know. After walking out of the room and adjusting their tie, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, I get it for a cinematic thing, but like. You know, no, it was very Looney Tunes. I get yeah. it. That's why I loved it. Uh, that, yeah, caution to the wind, I guess. So this didn't have anything like that, which maybe yeah. I guess you like that. You know, you're boring, but uh, I'm not saying that I dislike <laughs> it. I'm saying that that's like a criticism that in my mind creeps up. Okay, uh, I, I disagree. 
because uh, when we talked about uh, when we talked about Better Call Saul, that's a point that I brought up. Yeah, and Saul felt more. The show feels more grounded because you don't get those like extreme moments. True, of, you true, know. true. There is nothing. Well, I don't think that there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying as a point of differentiation that it exists. Yeah, yeah. So this movie jump back and forth between. We did get to see a lot more of Todd, who's very fat now, <laughs> for some reason. Uh, I, I liked the height. Something hi- Vince Gilligan uh, didn't take into account. Yeah, like I liked the. You could tell they were trying, trying to hide it in certain scenes. Yeah, uh, I liked the hijinks, like the weekend at Bernie's weird <laughs> plot, which is like hilarious but yeah. very dark. Yeah, where Jesse, he's like, hey, you want to. You know the the guys are out for the God. weekend. You want to come out and you know kind of just hang out for the weekend, and maybe yeah. you could you could help me with something. And you're like, what the fuck could it possibly be? And then you know <laughs> you're kind of with, that's the thing about Jesse is Jesse is sort yeah. of the character in all of this and Breaking Bad and everything. He's just sort of the character the audience is kind of able to graft themselves onto a little more. Yeah, where you're kind of like with him, like what what could this possibly be? Yeah. And then you find out it's like his, the cleaning lady he killed and it's like, what did she do? What did she see? He's like, no, she was a good lady. <laughs> you know, she just, you know, just, she accidentally saw something, you know, and I, I had to kill her. I love the scene where sad. like, after, <laughs> after they bury the cleaning lady and he's like, so, uh, you want to say some words? And Jesse's like, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and even when like, he's helping like, the, he's rolling the body up in the yeah. rug very unceremoniously yeah and then he throws like he pushes it over the uh, the God. balcony it's like it's like helping your friend in college move out of their <laughs> shitty college except, apartment it's like except yeah it's a person yeah it's like i don't ah. need this thing anymore like just throw it up the balcony it's it just like the way it lands in the truck yeah it, it's it's hilarious it's very weird and dark and like grounded in a fucked up way yeah and then yeah like they bury the body and he 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 considers killing him which maybe he should have yeah. knowing because that's the thing is as, as the audience we know how things go down it's like fuck yeah. man why didn't he just do it like he let us like he's just a good guy deep down he couldn't do it and he's like come on man we can get pizza what kind of pizza do you like yeah i like pepperoni that, w- that was a hard scene where yeah he, like he finally sort of just like gives in see the more i kind of talk about this movie the more i think i almost want to watch it again because yeah. I had a like for like I said, Breaking Bad is something I love, and for something as important, would you consider rewatching the entire series and then like tacking that on at the end? There is a point. There actually, there's a part of me where it's like when Better Call Saul's done, I want to watch yeah. like Better Call Saul all the way through, Breaking Bad all the way through, and then all, and then El Camino. But Star, I'm Star waiting, Wars prequel it. I'm yeah, I'm waiting till then. Yeah. So in this sense, I'm kind of like. I want to wait. Yeah, I want to wait. Watch the janitor spinoff movie that... Uh, oh, yeah, the yeah, first got busted for weed. Yeah, I, I want to say that I want to at least watch this specific movie again. Yeah. Because, yeah, I think that my expectations were so high because of Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Yeah. Which even still, it's like, I, I didn't have to rewatch Better Call Saul to like it. I liked it because yeah. it was just fucking great. Yeah. Uh, so that you know that may be a point against this which is fair i think it's definitely out of all three of the uh all three of the entities i think it's the weakest but like yeah the way that i'm contextualizing it in my head is just like the epilogue the epilogue of a book where it's like you read an entire novel you get through i don't know 800 pages all the action happens 
and then there's a couple pages at the end that's just like, you know, this main character after this happened went off to do this and blah blah blah. Yeah. Happy ending. There you go. And that's where it's like Yeah, it did feel yeah. like that. And I'm 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 happier contextualizing it as that than like this movie that's supposed to like blow everything out of the water and like clear but all these have. things. It could up. have. It could have, but it didn't. Yeah, but it and could have. I I feel like just the existence of it existing and having watched it and not being disappointed in it but watching it and sort of seeing that like okay it's not this big you know grandiose thing it's sort of its own thing is in my head i've shelved it into the part of my brain that's like just the epilogue to a book you know the book was good the movie was okay it didn't have to happen but it happened i got something out of it like you know the the ending where he's driving to alaska and you see that like uh you know the beginning of the the movie he's driving in the el camino and he's just like screaming screaming and the, and the breaking bad yeah, yeah and uh the end of this movie he's driving in alaska and it's sort of like he's free he's all peaceful of a sudden, he's got a he's sweater peaceful. on he's got a nice sweater on a nice irish sweater um it, it's like it you, i got something out of it you know mm-hmm. it wasn't horrible it wasn't you know blow me away sort of level but you know I, it, it's an epilogue yeah, and I mean, it did. I will say, uh, as far as epilogues go, they did have enough in there for it to be interesting. I thought the plot yeah. with the as much as I kind of laugh about it, the welding company. I like that they were in like in the sense of like Better Call Saul, they were exclusive to this entity. Yeah, and they were sort of the villains. And of course, they play the, uh, they play the fake cops, and that whole uh, that yeah. was a that was a cool tur- like twist. I didn't expect. Where I were, didn't ex- I didn't really expect it either. And then it made sense. Yeah. after you sort of realized it, but uh, yeah. And they're just like these like dumb cokeheads, even like leading up to this Wild West shootout, which they referred to as a Wild West shootout, which I I liked. Yeah, I, I did do too. Have to say I, I did really too. Liked it. I, I, it felt I, very corny and cheesy and all that, but I still liked its existence and the way that they pulled it off too. Where yeah. it was like you knew he had a gun, then you knew he got that second gun, and mm-hmm. he shows up at the Wild West fight with the one gun, and it's like, yeah, Jesse's a good guy. He's got honor, but he's not like he's like he kind of comes to his senses and he's like. In, in the same thing with Breaking Bad, Jesse would surprise you once once in a while. He yeah. was clever, like he yeah. wasn't dumb. Like exactly, he, he yeah. was clever, and like he had that second gun. Like it's like who would even think of like street smarts or not? Who would fucking think of that? Where he shoots yeah. a second gun from the inside of his pocket uh-huh. and just kills a guy. And like you don't even have enough time to register. You just like see his body bouncing off the door with the bullet yeah. holes and the blood. I love that he uh, he's like, okay, I'm gonna count down. Yeah, and then one, he does and, yeah. <laughs> and then his fucking pockets on fire from the bullet shooting out of it and the gun. He's like, hey, dude, your pockets on fire. Then he's like. I want to blow this place up. <laughs> you guys can get out of here if you want yeah. or not. Yeah. The shootout scene did feel very breaking bad. It was yeah. like the one thing where like, Oh, remember when this happened and then he does this and then he uses this from this sort of mm-hmm. thing, you know? Yeah. So in that sense, I like that. It wasn't the grandiose thing I would have expected from a, you know, but it was like, yeah, I mean, there was, it was charming enough, I would say. So, man, I'm trying to think what else. I, I, you know, props to Robert Forrester, played the vacuum salesman. Yeah. I love that actor. And he passed away the day this movie came out. Yeah, crazy. And I really liked him in his small role in Breaking Bad. And when I heard the movie was coming, I was like, I kind of hope we get to see more of him. Yeah. And we did. And he was like, I love that he, 
we didn't really get to see much of him in the show, but he was kind of a bastard in this movie. Yeah. Where I, I love that we got to, to see more of that, where he just was like... I think that was always the subtext of his character, which is I mean, just the job, like, he's got a sick job. It's yeah. like, you know, he's got to be a little fucked up, you know? Yeah, but uh, his, his, his whole sort of mentality with that, which was like, come here with this exact amount of money. If you don't have this exact amount of money, I don't give a shit. Get the fuck out. And he was barely shortly. Like, I'd see when he's counting the yeah. money. He's like, if you need help with finding a vacuum, I got plenty of great models. Yeah. Don't fuck with me, dude. Come on. Yeah. Like, and and then he, he like calls the cops he calls on the him. Cops yeah. And Jesse's Which you like, not you didn't call the yeah. cops. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which is like, that's sort of, that's sort of Jesse level mentality of yeah. like, he's smart but he's not intelligent and exactly. so he thought he was being clever and then the cops show up and he's like oh shit and he's like this guy of all people called the fucking cops yeah. which is like it was surprising as the audience too where you're kind of like did he really do that yeah did, like and then he yeah oh shit he did and then he ends up like you know being good to his worries like you just follow my rules yeah. and we'll do this and then he did eventually have to do that and you know, he, of course, had to go Which, back and get I will his own say personal revenge. That mentality makes sense because, like, if he has rules for how this is what I want you to do, I want you to have this exact money, you have to show up at this exact time, you have to do exactly this, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, makes sense that he would be so stringent in that because he's going, like, here's a new personality. Uh, Jesse Pinkman's fucking dead. You don't say that name ever. I have to trust you not to like reveal my secret. Yeah, the whole so drive it makes up there, sense that like, he has all these yeah. rules and shit like exactly. that. Exactly, a would. guy like that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So it was, it was it's cool. The, uh, it's the Van Halen with the the fucking brown M and M's story. Yeah, of like yeah, brown M and M's in the bowl. Well, whatever. I don't know. Whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. What's M and M's now? Let's go get some M and M's. Yeah, well, everybody, we gotta go. We gotta get some M and M's. Well, Rick, we gotta, we gotta. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm up. gonna, I'm gonna put in the library. Yeah, it um, wasn't, it wasn't atrocious. It wasn't bad, even. It wasn't even just okay. It was, it was just expectations were very, very, very high for all. Yeah. I mean, but like the Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul is like some of my most fa- like favorite pieces of media. Period. So I mean, the 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 stakes, the expectations could not have been higher. Yeah. So in that respect, for me not to despise the movie or even dislike it at all, I was like, okay, I got to put it in the library. I, I liked it. It wasn't, I, I, would, I would agree it was the weakest of the, of the three entities, if you can really call it its own separate entity. I wish it was, it, I wish it was more of its own entity, but it wasn't. It wasn't all that I wanted it to be. Yeah. So for that, yeah, it, it's not high, high marking, but it's good. Yeah. I agree with that, except I would say that I would shelf it just because it is like, eh, well, uh, okay. would I shelf it, though? Because I, I do agree with everything you just said. It seems like you liked it more than I did. That is true. <laughs> so I don't know what that says about me and my high, high hopes for living. Um, God, I don't, I don't know. Does it matter? No. Does it really matter? <laughs> you put it, put I say put it on the shelf, make it more interesting so we didn't just agree on the same shit. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Okay. I mean, that's that's how I feel, which is like, yeah, no, I'll defend yeah. it. And I, there was a lot that I liked Go about it. Go with your gut reaction. But again, like, it wasn't great, so I don't know, you know? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's a a mild library. It's a... It's, a, it's like bottom shelf. I could do bottom yeah. shelf... Or like, uh, you know, when when they put it on the the cart and they walk around with it, and it's like the it's at the front of the cart, so the librarian's gonna like okay. put it on the on the on the bottom shelf, but like she hasn't done it yet. 
I don't know why I'm gendering this librarian. It could be a he, it could be She's a they. Sexy. I I hope so. I hope that the one librarian that works in the library of regress is uh sexy lady with those uh black frame glasses black frame glasses huge pair of cans and just like the shortest skirt that's like just impossibly you would never oh, get yeah. away with like a dress code oh yeah like except in our library yeah anyway uh thanks for li- <laughs> thanks for listening uh draw fan art of the thought cops librarian if it you better w- not be like a drawing of zwick <laughs> <laughs> now that you put that in the ether some <laughs> <laughs> anyway guys thanks for listening uh thanks so much for supporting the show it really really does mean a lot appreciate you. if you support the show and then you take the time to listen to this you're you're awesome what's that meme in the baby who's like pointing baby yoda and he's going oh, oh yeah you're awesome you're, yeah, that I, one. you get that one that's for that's for you just that's just for you yeah google it uh print it out stick it on your fridge you yeah you earned it, it. Give yourselves a pat on the back. <laughs> Give yourselves a round of applause, and I want you to clap in a circle. Hi, hoops. <laughs> anyway, uh, stick That'll around be a for good, a good way to uh, end off the show is us singing "High Hopes." Yeah. I won't do it. I won't do it either. Thanks, guys. Goodbye. I'm just going to leave this running. This is what can edit out. 20 minutes of silence. No. Yeah. Uh, save money on toilet paper. Really? Feels good, man. Yeah, it's not a new toilet. It's just uh, I just that attachment. I couldn't tell. So, wait, you you bought that? Where did you buy that? Where can you even buy something like that? Amazon. Really? Yeah. How much? It's just was an it? attachment. You just attach the hose. It was like twenty bucks, thirty really? bucks. So you really you really bought it for the sake of saving money on toilet paper? Uh, that's part of it, yeah. And the other part was you just like how it feels. Yeah, it feels good, man. I've never never had that bidet experience. <laughs> it just seemed like a good idea. Anyway, a uh, library doing, regress doing for that, or are you gonna? <laughs> Let's review that next episode. Yeah, dude, I want to fucking. I'm excited. I get to use the bidet for the first time. No. You know, I was in Japan. I didn't fucking want... I couldn't figure the thing out. There are so many, like, buttons. Oh, uh, you put your mouth around it, and you, uh... Ah, uh, okay. You you find a nice lady who's used it freshly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, what's the last thing again? El Camino. So, El Camino. <laughs> oh, yeah.
I don't know. I figured this out. Well, Zwick, edit, uh, edit in charisma. <laughs> 